Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ and never view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world, where God's truth supersedes the foolish ideas of man, where religion, politics, cultural ethics, and the issues of today are discussed, because that is where we live, where truth and honesty are not subjective, and God's word is the final arbiter. My twofold mission is to present an unapologetic witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to expose the mental chains imprisoning far too many black Americans by the Democrat Party. This is Sam Tolley and Trusting the Truth. And today, we're going to be talking about our children are under attack and many of us are doing nothing. You know, when I, I grew up in a, a world that was, the worldview was still predominantly Christian um, uh, in the United States of America. I was, uh, I was born in 1952. <laughs> And when I went to school in the, in the late 50s or early 60s, the worldview of this country was still predominantly biblically, biblical. I mean, even though everybody wasn't biblical. Um, but there was a respect for the Bible. There was a respect for the things of God. And there was a deep, deep respect for children. Now, elementary school uh, high school well actually in my elementary school there was not this issue um, that we're dealing with today uh, the teachers and the administration from from my experience were dedicated to teaching about academics teaching us how to spell how to read how to write math, and so on. We didn't have this preponderance of overly sexual ideas. As a matter of fact, I experienced absolutely no instructions from schools pertaining to sex until the sixth grade. We had a um, my sixth grade teacher, I believe it was like a half an hour video with a question and answer session. The video wasn't explicit at all. It was very rudimentary. It covered the basics. Because around the sixth grade is when the girls start developing more. The boys start changing. We're, we're, we're changing from being a child to the adolescent stage. And then at junior high school, that change goes on. And then by high school, well, it's more pronounced. But today, today there's a whole new worldview going on. There's a whole new dynamic in the schools, in the public schools. And this dynamic, for lack of a better word, in my opinion, is completely demonic. And it's not focused on educating children. It's focused on gearing them up for aberrant lifestyles. And I mean to demonstrate that 
with their own documentation. First of all, let's look at from the state of Oregon. This is the Oregon advises schools to keep, <coughs> excuse me, gender identity from families. This is amazing. The schools were an ally to the family. We had this thing, and I don't know if it's still existing now, called the PTA, Parent Teacher Association, where the parents and the teachers would get together and discuss things pertaining to the students. The teachers would supplement the parental decisions at school, and the parents would supplement the teacher's educational activities at home. There was no conflict. Parents and teachers work together, but not now. Now there is a war going on. And this war is for the hearts and minds of the children. And this war is against parents. So let's look at this document. The Oregon Department of Education, ODE, has released a document advising schools, excuse me, how to support gender expansive students, including keeping their so-called gender identities secret from parents. Now, this is amazing. Utterly amazing that the school itself is making itself an enemy. If a student discloses their gender expansive identity to school staff, the guidance asks staff members to respect the child's confidentially, uh, confidentiality needs. Students who do not publicly assert their gender identity might have concerns about their families and community members finding out the new guidance states. So, Now we're keeping secrets from parents. Parents and family support is the goal when supporting gender expansive students, but may not be possible in all situations, according to the document. Schools should refer to their current policies when there may be a safety concern. A safety concern? To the extent possible, schools should refrain from revealing information about the student's gender identity, even to parents, caregivers, or other school administrators without the permission of the student. Now, this is, this is fantastic. By definition, in elementary, junior high and high school, uh, students are minors. Minors, by definition, have a superior that is responsible for them. And unless they're wards of the state, that superior is the parents. What's going on here? The parents are no longer uh, the protectors, the guardians, the caregivers, and the rightful rulers of the children. Is it the schools these days? And the schools submit 
the authority for decision making to the students to the minor this is a topsy-turvy upside down mentality it reminds me of the old superman comic book when he was in bizarro world where everything was flipped on his head that's what america seems to be these days the updated guidance clarifies new and evolving laws and policies on how to address the needs of gender expansive students and the school district that serves them ode director uh colt gill says in a letter you know it's, it's it's one thing okay let's say hypothetically okay we're gonna go with this this is a vast small segment of people we're talking about why is the whole populace being sub subjected to this why is that why is every student being subjected to this you know when when my kids were still in high school in california if a girl brought an aspirin to school she can be kicked out for bringing in drugs cough drop drugs but at the same time if she was pregnant and wanted to have an abortion the school would take her to get an abortion without notifying the parents that was the law it's it's crazy it's just stripping the parental rights right in front of us and far too many christians are doing nothing about it speaking to fox news an ode spokesperson confirmed that when students claim that notifying their parents about their gender expansive identity might be a safety concern the department encourages schools to prioritize the students safety within all school environments gender affirming care <clears throat> affirming you know this is cold word for well, we'll talk about it, you'll see. The document pushes for providing gender-affirming care in schools, services like social affirmation through name, gender markers, pronoun use, access to facilities, athletics, etc., are likely to occur in schools. Medical services like access to puberty blockers, gender affirming surgeries and hormone therapy are likely to occur within a school-based health center the document noted i mean when i was in school you go to the nurse to get a band-aid <laughs> i mean i assume that if the girls had cramps or something they might give them some aspirin or something but we went there, we get a Band-Aid or some crutches until we can get home or whatever, we hurt ourselves. These people are talking about transforming your whole physical being. Puberty blockers? Those are drugs that you're injecting in people or, or some kind of pills or whatever. Um, Gender-affirming surgeries? What, are they gonna take the little girls and go get them uh, mastectomies before, you know, 
um, after third period before six. This stuff is remarkable. It cited a survey by a gender and sexuality alliance, alliance, GSA, at a middle school in which respondents picketed gender-affirming items like clothing, makeup, uh, let's change this one, chess, Uh, binders, chest binders. You know what a chest binder is? A chest binder is this thing that you wrap around little girls and compress them so they can wear and, and not reveal that they are starting to protrude, which is a normal biological function of young girls growing up. And, you know, they're trying to keep them so they can not have the female form, but retain that pre-publicent form that, that both boys and girls shared. And then eventually it could start damaging their breasts as the breasts are trying to fight and their ribs trying to fight against this thing. Of course, the idea is to have surgery eventually to get rid of it. The breasts, not the binder. Well, you go to the binders too if you whack off their memory glands. The ODE's updated gender policy has riled some parents. Really, I would think so. I would be completely riled if I was raising children these days. Oregon is demonstrating for parents that, once again, academics and education are not the priority. Let's see, get this thing out of here. Um, excuse me, are not the priority of our government school system. Laura Zorick, Executive Director of Building Education for Students Together, a group focused on parental rights in education, told the Daily Caller News Foundation. <clears throat> there are so few hours in a day, yet Oregon is committed to pushing and retraining teachers on gender issues rather than educating our children. Well, you know, Oregon also, it's my understanding, just legalized a bunch of drugs. The last time I was in Oregon, they had a law where it was against the law, and I believe that's still in existence. It was against the law to pump your own gas. See, things have changed so much since I was a child. When I was a child, you drive into a gas station, it would be full service automatically. People would check your hood, your tires, wash your windshield, pump your gas, the whole nine yards. But I don't want to get into all the dynamics of the economic changes. The more you tax people, the more things cost, the worse it get. That it got to the point where it wasn't cost effective to have those services and keep prices low. So they started firing people and then they made it a billable where you can have sec a same, excuse me, self-service. You pump your own gas or you can have both <clears throat> full service. It eventually got to the point where there is no full service at all. I'm talking about California, Arizona, states that don't have the law that Oregon has. But I guess in Oregon, they decided they want to keep a job thing going so they had 
and they make it illegal for you to pump your gas and you have to pay somebody else to pump it. Well, went on a little tangent, but I'll reel myself back in. <sighs> State gender agenda. Oregon has been the scene of various attempts at pushing gender agenda among school kids. In August, it was reported that Oregon's Driftwood Public Library was teaming up with a local high school to establish a gender-affirming closet for students that is aimed at helping children get access to items like underwear, makeup, and chest binders. Now, I briefly discussed chest binders, but underwear, what? So some little boys can come in there and they can get some panties? Is that what's happening there? Girls can come in there and get some boxer shorts? So they can feel like they're a boy or a girl or whatever this thing is trying to make them. In December, the ODE was reportedly set to spend $2 million on a campaign seeking to launch a pro-LGBTQ2SIA plus curriculum. That's a lot of letters. Pride events and teacher training. The plus sign was said to stand for a myriad of additional marginalized gender identities, expressions, and sexual and romantic orientations, according to Breitbart. Now, like I said, in the sixth grade, we had our lone sex education class. It didn't get into any of the dynamics about the relationship that a man and a woman would have together. And it certainly didn't talk about all these strange and different types of relationships. Why are they shoving this down the throat of children? They're not shoving this down the throat of a very small segment. They're showing this to all the kids, even though a very small segment is bad. I wouldn't want that either. A myriad of marginalized gender identity expressions and sexual and romantic orientations. How do you explain homosexual orientation? How do you explain that to a little kid? How do you explain the biology of men having cultists with another man without showing them something? See, these people are, it's way beyond basic biology here. And this is way beyond the necessity of uh, trying to help people understand the dynamics of childbearing or physiology. This is, in, this is instructions in the what to do. The, 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 the proper word is grooming. They're, they're, they're preparing these kids to take over a lifestyle that none of them have even thought about. In an interview with the Epoch Times in October, former school employee Betty said 
that there wasn't any LGBT indoctrination in her school just a few years ago. Radical gender ideology, radical gender ideology came to schools after young teachers adopted them during their training in college. Well, I'm telling you, So this is the gentleman, Naveen Adropoli, who wrote this article. They brought the propaganda. They bought the, they, well, they brought, okay, they brought, bought, I guess both go, <clears throat> the propaganda, Betty said. They were immersed in the propaganda at the college level. So they just spewed it out. My sense is that they don't have the same morality that us oldsters do. Well, I have no doubt that being true. I have no doubt that that being true. And if you live on it, call yourself living from a biblical worldview, you have a responsibility. I mean, the Bible says in Proverbs 17 and 6, grandchildren are the crown of the elderly and the pride of children is their fathers. We have a responsibility to our children and our grandchildren. And our primary responsibility, those of us that believe in a biblical worldview, was to leave a world uh, in which they could maintain their biblical worldview and have a biblical worldview and live from a biblical worldview. But now we're we've allowed the biblical worldview in the United States to erode into nothing. Uh, we took the Bible out of, out of the schools, I believe in 62 or prayer out of 63 or vice versa, one or the other. So our biblical foundation was gone and it was steadily eroding since then. Well, when you create a vacuum, something is going to replace it. And those people that were fighting, like Mayor Madeline Murray O'Hara, she was an atheist, people like that, they were not fighting just to get the Bible out. They were fighting to get other stuff in. And now we're reaping what we sowed by not standing up to the things of God and fighting for our biblical rights. I'm of the generation of baby boomers. Uh, that was raised in the 60s. So I always like to say my parents dropped the ball. They dropped the ball, which helped open the gates for this stuff. But my generation let the air out of it. Now we got a generation of kids or adults with a flat ball and some can't find the ball at all. And unfortunately, we have many baby boomer that claim to be Christians, that claim to follow the dictates of Jesus Christ, they will not fight. They will not stand up for the things of the Bible. They, they have a foggiest idea what light and salt is, and they're making no effort to stand up against evil. They're living a life like this fellow I'm going to show you. Their mindset is 
Life in a bubble. Life in a bubble. They want to read their Bible. They want to praise their God. But they don't want to be sought. They don't, you know, they would rather let their light stay under a bed or under a bushel instead of having to stand up on a, on a nightstand or up on a pillar or anything where people can see the light. They're satisfied with the fact that they've made a prayer thanking Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. And then they're just going to sit there and write it out while all hell was breaking loose around them. While the while the, the 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 culture just goes to hell in the handbasket. That's what they are. Sinos, Christians in name only. They forgot the fact that we were called to be soldiers of the Lord. That we were called to uh, spread the gospel to all nations, to all men. That we were called to stand against evil and stand for righteousness. These people forgot, or either they just don't want to get involved. They would rather let Jesus, whoops, excuse me. They would rather let Jesus do all the work. And he's going to come back and clean everything up. But in the meantime, he had called us to do the work. So they don't want to do that work. They want to wait on him. It's going to be interesting when he comes and people start, and then we go to the judgment seat because everybody's getting judged. The righteous and the unrighteous, the believers and the unbelievers. You know, your works are going to be judged. You know, and, and there's going to be some folks, some folks, and that's a terrible thought. But there's going to be some folks that he's going to say, I never knew you. And they're going to complain saying, we did all this stuff for you, Lord. You know, and he said, I never knew you. Get away from me. So maybe some folks are doing things that they think that he wants them to do, but not doing what he called them to do. I guess it behooves us all, including myself, to pay attention and ask the Lord to be sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do. Now, everything isn't completely sideways. We, we, there are still a few um, affirming trends. We still have some fight in the game and in the courts and, and, and different things. And I want to share one of these with you. And here in West Virginia... Some of these state courts are are stick are stepping up because some of these uh, federal courts. Well, let's just read the article. Let's see what it got here. Um, courts uphold sex-based excuse me. Court upholds sex-based distinctions in schools, sports, and restrooms. Dylan set back to ACLU. Well, this is a good thing. This is dated January the 6th by Greg Piper. Um, it says, advocates for school policies based on gender identity face two legal setbacks in a week. But federal, and it's a federal, appeals and trial courts rejecting ACLU challenges 
to sex-based restrooms and sports competition policies in two states. Well, that's a good thing. Days after the full 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals upheld a Florida high school's requirement that students use the restroom for their sex, calling it an immutable characteristic under Title IX. U.S. District Judge Joseph Goodwin upheld West Virginia's Save Women's Sports Law. You know, if my parents were alive today, they they wouldn't even be able to fathom the idea that we're sitting over here arguing about which restrooms our kids can go to. I mean, it, 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 it amazes me that when they put these stupid laws or rules in place, people aren't storming City Hall. People aren't flooding the schools and blocking the roads and just saying, we're not leaving until you fix this mess or our kids ain't coming here until you fix this mess. The people are just going along to get along. I mean, there's, we've developed into a nation of cowards, Christian cowards at that. Like this cross behind me don't represent anything. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you got to pick up your cross daily and follow me. Jesus promised us persecution as Christians. We have to stand up and be ready for it. Expect it. But we're not supposed to cower down and just accept nonsense. While some females may be able to outperform some males, it is generally accepted that on average, males outperform females athletically because of inherent physical differences between the sexes, Goodwin wrote. Now, see, this judge got to find a way to talk about something that is just completely basic. Genetically, males are stronger than females, period. That's the way God designed us. But when, when, we're, when, when we kick God out of the process, we're sitting up here trying to figure out a way to talk our way around the process to make it make sense. We, we don't have to. It's intuitive. Everyone knows that. Males are athletically more stronger than females. There's no getting around it. The transgender plaintiff acknowledged that circulating testosterone in males creates a biological difference in athletic performance. Of course it does. The opinion said Goodwin cannot conclude the state's classification based on biological sex is not substantially related to its interest in providing equal athletic opportunities for females. We've seen all these examples. We've seen it in, in the Olympics where this guy was on the woman's weight lifting team, lifting all these heavy weights. This male swimmer was just running away with all the records. These track people just exploding past um, the women or the girls. 
and they're getting it now it's like oh you're so wonderful you broke the record these are dudes that couldn't compete with dudes now they're just just destroying women and it makes you wonder what happened to the feminists what happened to all these women that was talking about the glass ceiling they were talking about how bad the glass ceiling is political and women are being held back and not being paid enough and here they are putting a concrete ceiling above them and they're saying nothing girls train all their lives trying to prepare for events to compete against the best of girls to find themselves getting smoked by boys pretending to be girls. The 11th Circuit and Goodwin's rulings are a reversal of fortune for the ACLU, which recently convinced a second circuit to uphold Connecticut's transgender sports policy and blocked Idaho's pioneering Fairness in Women's Sports Act in trial court in 2020. If I was the girls, I wouldn't even play with them. I said, you know what? You're going to try to screw us? You just have boys on there. If parents, they should lie to them and say, we're not allowing our daughters to be subjected to this. Fortunately, um, this judge seems to have a little sense in the matter. The Ninth Circuit heard mootless arguments in May 2021 based on plaintiffs Lindsay Hickox's uncertain return to Boise State University. Remaining the transgender competition competitors challenge to Idaho's law, but is now considering another appeal. Why? U.S. District Judge David Nye ruled last summer the case was not mute due to Hickox's spring 2022 return. Participation in women's club soccer and intention to try out for the women's track and cross country. What's wrong with these dudes? I mean, I mean, why is it that it doesn't bother them? They have to pretend like they're a woman. There's some kind of mental psychological problem going on here. <clears throat> but you're not allowed to talk about stuff like that, I guess. The ACLU didn't respond when asked for its response to the legal set step back, setbacks and next steps. State bills that would enshrine sex-based eligibility for girls' school sports often titled Save Women's Sports or Fairness in Women's Sports have a mixed record even in generally conservative states. And that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Just like it says here, South Dakota Republican Governor Christy Noem vetoed such a bill in the spring of 2021, but quickly reversed herself amid blowback. Why did she veto it? Why would you even consider allowing something like that to go on unless this is one of these stupid bills where I have a problem with on the federal level, just like when they just have passed this so-called defense bill and they tack on all this other crap, they should just have one bill about one issue and that's it. 
you know, and, and from my perspective, the federal bills to like a 4,000 page bill, they should have a bill that's no more than 50 pages. You can't put down the information that people need to know in 50 pages. Then you got too much crap going on. We don't need 4,000 pages of garbage that nobody could read and nobody will read. And it's just full of pork and, and, and nonsense. So, um, since she quickly reversed herself and made a blowback, signing a new bill a year later. Last month, Ohio's General Assembly rejected a sex-based sports bill hours after it passed the Senate. A bill offered last year by Wyoming Republican Senator Wendy Schooler whose student athletic career started before Title IX, passed that chamber, but didn't even get introduced in the House, both dominated by Republicans. This is not just a Democrat weird thing going. There, I, I think there's a lot of money in this. And a lot of these legislators, I don't care what party you are, if you believe in crap like this, the people need to rise up and throw you out. Because if you can't differentiate between male and female, you don't have no business being in office in the first place. Cowboy State Daily reported Wednesday that Schooler is bringing the bill back this year, shorn of its original application to college sports. She cites the inconsistency created by the Wyoming High School Activities Association policy that punts decisions to individual schools, but say they should consider students in a manner that is consistent with their gender identity. The West Virginia legislation was provoked by the Connecticut policy, which enabled the dominance of two biologically male runners in girls track. Goodman blocked the law when ACLU sued on behalf of another would-be woman's cross-country and track athlete, an 11-year-old, an 11-year-old, who started taking blockers at the first signs of male puberty. I, you know, I, I just don't understand these parents I mean it's, it's child abuse to me these, these folks shouldn't be permitted to keep children you know if, if you allow even if your child is 11 or, or whatnot and tells you I think that I'm a girl you're not and you're going to allow this child to make life altering decisions okay okay Johnny you want to be Joanne, okay, we're going to take care of you and start giving this boy puberty blockers and stuff and then uh, uh, castrate him and have them manufacture some kind of fake vagina and start giving him estrogen and, and all these things to try to make him female parts. And what if one day he wakes up and finds out, oh my God, 
what have I done? Why did they do this to me? Why did they let this happen to me? I was just a kid. That's why parents are supposed to be parents. Children are not adults. They don't have the sense that a parent is supposed to have. That's why parents make these decisions. Parents are the ones that are supposed to make sure nothing happens to the kids. Parents are the ones that are supposed to protect the kids from everybody, including school administrators. If these folks start acting like they don't have good sense, that's the job of a parent. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Let me back up. Goodwin blocked the law when, a, when the ACLU sued on behalf of another would-be woman's cross-country and track athlete, an 11-year-old who started taking blockers at the first sign of male puberty. The President Clinton appointee initially determined BPJ had a likelihood of success on the merits of her I say it's a he, but her as applied challenge. The judge accepted intervention from the Alliance Def Defending Freedom on behalf of former West Virginia State University soccer player Langley Armistead in support of the law. ADF also intervened in favor of Idaho law. Idaho law. Uh, and sued to overturn the Connecticut competition policy on behalf of female cross-country athletes. Goodwin appears to have been swayed by the thousands of pages filed by the parties in this case, specifically citing Armistead, despite controlling Fourth Circuit precedent in a transgender restroom case now at odds with the 11th uh, Circuit ruling. The judge speaks in the first person 23 times in 23 pages. Despite the politically charged nature of transgender acceptance in our culture today, this case is not one where the court needs to accept or approve BPJ's existence as a transgender girl. That's some strong language. The judge wrote, ultimately, BPJ's issue here is within the state's definition of girl and boy, which Goodman deemed constitutionally permissible. He didn't got himself an out by saying it's within the state's definition of boy and girl instead of God's definition of boy and girl or just normal biological reality's definition of boy and girl. Sex discrimination laws must be backed by exceedingly pervasive justification under Supreme Court precedent. A test met by West Virginia law, the opinion said, it cited Fourth Circuit precedent requiring that preference rests on evidence-informed analysis rather than on 
stereotypical generalizations. The preteen's unusual circumstances, starting blockers rather than taking cross-sex hormones to limit the advantage of male puberty, can't overcome the fact that a person either has male sex chromosomes XY or female sex chromosomes XX. I recognize that being transgender is natural and is not a choice, the judge said. I totally disagree with that last statement of the judge. I don't recognize that there is nothing natural about being transgender. God didn't make any transgenders. He made male and females. There are a few people that's got some kind of biological or chemical or whatever issue um, in their DNA. But that ain't normal. The prevalence, the, the vast majority, the unmitigated certainty of normal baby gestation produces male or female. So this is nonsense what the judge wrote there. But, you know, the judge is trying to be, I don't know, balanced maybe. But one sex is also natural and it dictates physical characteristics that are relevant to athletics, regardless of whether some females may be able to outperform males. So he doesn't just sort of, I don't know, split the baby. Transgender, yeah, I, I, I think transgender is normal. But male and female, you know, uh, you know, what did he say? But one sex is natural. That didn't even make any sense. If transgender is natural, but one sex is natural, but what is a what, what is a transgender? Is that a third sex? What is that? Gender transitioning may not start until after male purity. Not all trans girls can get hormone therapy, depending on her age and the state where she lives. The voluminous records show much to debate over whether and to what extent that therapy can reduce male athletic advantage. You know, California just made a new law. One of the Myers of the demonic Democratic Governor Newsom signed. And in this new law, if a child from another state seeks uh, to get gender transforming surgery or whatnot, they can come to California and whether there's a law or a court order from another state saying, no, this person can't. And California will not recognize that court order and will allow this child to get mutilated. Even if the child's parent kidnapped that child from the other parent and brought him to California, they will not uphold the warrant for the kidnapping. They will not uphold the, the order preventing the, the, the sexual mutilization of that person. This is California. And all these Christians in California are not fighting. I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, there are Christians over there fighting, but they're not enough. There, there, there's way more folks that claim to be children of Jesus Christ that aren't fighting than should be. So, 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 so what's the deal? Goodwin emphasized the contradiction between BPJ's argument that low 
testosterone boys are not similarly situated with average girls under Title IX and equal protection clause. And the students argument that availability of hormone therapies make transgender girls similarly situated to cisgender girls. Cisgender means regular, normal people. At the moment, they verbalize their transgender status. So here this judge using these cisgender terms. BPJ has equal athletic opportunity under Title IX, just not in the opposite sex sports the judge were. I don't know what that means. I think Title IX was referring to girls' athletics. And since the transgender is a boy that's trying to be a girl and the judge is already saying this person can't operate here, I don't know what the judge is trying to say. There is no serious debate that Title IX... Oh, let's see here. Let's see. The Title IX endorsement of sex separation in sports refers to biological sex. Here he is going back again, talking about normal stuff. <laughs> yes, Title IX is about biological sex. And the court has no grounds to require the state to be more inclusive and adopt a different policy. This guy is flipping back and forth. Transgender is normal, but your sex is normal too. Um, wow. Anyway, he's on the right side of the argument so far, I believe. The ruling had an important sleeper provision. The West Virginia Secondary School Activity Committee, a state actor subject to constitutional obligations let me make sure I'm on the right page here. Okay. Um, counties have delegated their authority to supervise and control interscholastic athletic events to the commission. Principals sit on its board of controls and the state board of education must approve its rules, making the commission pervasively intertwined with the state, Goodwin said. While, and while I have no doubt the law aimed to politicize participation in school athletics for transgender students, Goodwin said, BPJ couldn't show legislative animus for transgender people beyond a bill co-sponsored who liked anti-transgender comments on his Facebook posts. <sighs> If I'm understanding this stuff right, I think he's talking about there is, you need to take this back to the legislatures to fix it. If you want to get BPJ in there with girls. George Washington University law professor John Vanzaff called the ruling a victory for objective eligibility criteria. Would a 20 year old be permitted? to compete in senior Olympics based on his feelings or beliefs, even if he claimed that many senior citizens can outperform some 20 year olds, <clears throat> he wrote in a press release. Well, of course not. 
I mean, yeah, if you have a senior Olympics and you let some 20 year old in there, this guy is going to run, run through those folks. But from the biblical point of view, from a Christian worldview, and that's where my worldview stands. We need to look at this thing and maintain God's intent. He made a male, he made him female. And we are responsible for our children. And Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17, it says, people were bringing infants to him, talking about Jesus, so that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Jesus, however, invited them, let the little children come to me and don't stop them because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Little children never think about their sexuality. They don't think about it at all. They accept who they are. I think that we're in a society where we're programming kids to start thinking about things they were never intended to think about. And we're going to pay a price for that. We're going to pay a heavy price for that. Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 18, verses 6, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to fall away, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. And I think that's true. I think people are going to pay a terrible price, a terrible price for offending God's children, a terrible price for, for not allowing those children um, to grow up to be what God called them to be. And I don't think that it's just those folks going to pay a terrible price. I think the parents that, that claim to be worshipers of God and allowing this stuff to happen is going to pay a terrible price. And I believe that all Christians that are not standing against this are going to have to give an account. They are trying to destroy our children right from under us. It is not good enough for us to sit around and talk about we love Jesus, that we want to do what Jesus wants us to do, that we believe in him and we pray for him. Everyone has free will, but we were called to give our free will to him, to submit to him. As our children submit to us, in fact, you know, the children look for us to protect them. And we need to get control of these schools. We need to completely dismantle this public school system and redo it. For those of you that are able, I would get my kid out of there immediately. I would homeschool them, or I would, I would get them in um, charter schools. The churches might even be able to create a charter school. I mean, the churches, if they quit competing for, for, for ties and stuff, maybe these pastors can get together and start talking amongst each other and they can organize where they can have people from each church. They, they can work something out where they make a charter school. They can make homeschools for the kids. 
Everybody loves to talk about how much they love the kids. I see these politicians all the time wanting more money for the schools because they love the kids and the kids never get the money. It goes to the teachers union. It goes to the teachers. And now these teachers are teaching filth and garbage. You know, uh, I've, I've seen these politicians, primarily these Democrat politicians, always vote against school vouchers. And we need to fight for that. We need to fight for our taxpayer money. The taxpayer money should follow the child instead of the child following the money. If we homeschool, let the let the parent get the tax credit at home. If you go to a charter school, let's pay the charter school or <clears throat> set up our own school. But our children are our future. And no matter what, we must fight for our children. If we are not willing to fight for our children, we're not worthy of them. You know, say I love my child and then I send my child to some school and let them indoctrinate them and turn them into some kind of little monster that I never knew. That's insanity. What kind of parent am I? It's one thing that if you do your best and your child falls away, that happens sometime. But it's quite another thing if you just sit back and let the world swallow up your children. And Christians should know better. If you're in a church that doesn't have a leader, you need to get out of that one and find one that is a leader. But it's not just a church house. It's the individual parent. We need to be down at the school board meetings. We need to be down at the board of education. We need to be disrupting the whole dadgum thing legally, but morally and responsibly as children of God because we have an assignment to present those children that we have brought up to the Lord. We're not, and particularly you men, we're not just accountable for us. We're accountable for our wives and our children. And for those of us that have grandchildren, our children's children, even though they have their own part parents, but we're supposed to lay that foundation. We're supposed to, to be there we're supposed to stand in the gap and we're supposed to call out evil. It's time for the church to wake up and get busy. Going to church on Sunday, saying hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, is not good enough. They don't care if we do that. The enemy doesn't care. He likes that, in fact, as long as we keep our mouth shut and don't bother him. We need to care beyond our comfort zone. We need to care like our lives and our children's lives and our grandchildren's lives depend on it because it does. So it's time to get on our knees, pray to God, get up off our knees and fight. And don't quit. Remember, either your religion is going to govern your politics or your politics is going to govern your religion. This is Sam Tolley, and I'm out.